Welcome back to Booming Basketball. I'm Nate, as always, here with Danny. Yo. Today, kind of in the dog days of summer, Danny. You know, there's not too much going on right now with the NBA other than, you know, Summer League just ended. Free agency is pretty much over with other than a few names. We'll go over that in a little bit. But also the draft, most of everything with the trade market is pretty much donezo, except for Damian Lillard and James Harden. Those are the two big situations that right now seem to be the headlines of all the news, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. And, you know, it's a big deal when superstars are potentially going to be traded, but that's the big question is when is it going to happen and how long is this stuff going to drag out for? We saw it happen last year with the Donovan Mitchell saga and the Knicks and then eventually him going to Cleveland. So it feels like we have another one of those situations on our hands. Yeah, I we we do. It's gonna it's gonna be a cool month or two before one of them gets traded. It was the same thing with the Kawhi situation too. It, there was yeah, just it, a long hiatus of just nothingness, and then bang, just out of nowhere. And I just know it's gonna happen at like three a.m. Gonna be one random, or it's gonna be some random afternoon that no one's doing anything. Nothing has been said at all in like a few days, kind of like the Donovan Mitchell trade. And it's just going to be some random day at the end of August, and everyone's going to lose their shit over it. But I think that's how this kind of stuff always goes down. never goes down how you expect it to. Teams don't just talk it out, and then a deal is born a couple hours or days later. I mean, again, Paul George is another one of those examples that kind of just happened out of the blue when he was traded to the Thunder. And then even when he was traded to the Clippers, like, when stars are traded, a lot of the times it's these rumblings that are happening way below the surface of the public and people don't really know what's going on is the truth yeah i mean we we know for where dame's gonna end up we know where dame's gonna end up and we are do we though do we okay okay hear me out so i feel like if a player is gonna try to force his way onto a team like how dame's trying to kind of force his way onto the heat or you know yeah he's trying to force his way onto the heat i feel like and I have read reports that like it's gonna make other teams shy away from trying to trade from him for him. Oh like, yeah, for sure. Because you don't want to trade for a disgruntled star. Well, yeah, and also it'll give him less value in terms of like team like teams that are trying to trade to get Dame. Like they're gonna offer Portland less if they know that he's one disgruntled and two only wants to be in that one spot in Miami. They're not going to throw true. the full house for him. Obviously, Miami's going to give a bigger haul than any other team. Yeah, and I think that's partly why it's so much better for the teams when they don't, the players don't request out and they just trade them anyways, even though I feel like they could have just done this behind the scenes, even though, again, Dame doesn't yeah. seem to want to do that anymore. It seems he's very adamant about going to Miami and controlling the situation, which is something we've never seen from him, and I really don't have a problem with it, to be honest. I don't know if you have a problem with Dame doing this, but... He's been so loyal to that franchise for so long. I don't think they owe it to him to just send him to Miami if it's not in the best interest of their franchise. But I think that Dame at least has the right to express what he wants. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I I had this talk with so many people. Like, Dame, Dame, like you said, Dame's been so loyal to Portland his entire career. It's It's time for change. Most of us knew that. It's 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 more than time for change, bro. Like time for change was like a few years ago, and Portland, like they they just don't make the right. Like they're just not that. They're not a great organization. And I mean, yeah, clearly they haven't. And put a team the the, the way that they prove that is by like 
oh, you know who we're going to bring in to try to keep Dame around? Jeremy Grant. You know what we're going to do with Jeremy Grant? We're going to give him a max contract. Yeah. Why? Why? Now they look like idiots. And now that looks like one of, if not the worst signings of the offseason. I don't even think it's bad because it's Jeremy Grant. Because I think no, that maybe, the money and the long term. It's the money and the, their situation though too. Now is there going to be a rebuilding young team? Yeah. And Jeremy Grant is he's a tank commander, but you don't want to pay a tank commander thirty five, forty million dollars a year or whatever he's going to be getting. And that's that's the truth of it. He's a great player, but he's only worth that kind of money. And I don't think he is worth that kind of money as great of a player as he is. He's only worth that kind of money on a team where he's going to be helping out a contender because that's what he is. He's like a third, fourth option on a very good team. He's not going to put a bad team over the top. So him in Portland at this point without Dame going forward, would I just think, I think that would just be hindering the development of the younger players. And they have a lot of young talent there now, especially with Scoot coming in, who I think is going to be great. Well, I mean, yeah, we also have to see what the return for Dame is going to be, which I've heard yeah, a lot of different reports, but the main one that I've heard is Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, yeah. and Jovich, and three first-round picks. And which, I've heard that... Big big haul, but well, yeah, it, you're paying I, for a superstar. If I'm Miami, I have no problem getting rid of that, to be honest, because right now their championship window is very there. They're clearly one piece away. If they got Dame, I think that would very easily put them over the hump that they need to be i'd probably have them as the best team in the eastern conference if they did get damian lillard especially because i really like the josh richardson signing i think that's one of the most underrated signings of the offseason he's comfortable in miami he knows that system that's where he was brought up and he was a very very solid player the past few seasons he can shoot the ball a little bit he's a great defender and he's lengthy and miami needs more guys like that to help them run in transition and he's also not a bad secondary ball handler so they have a lot of things working well in Miami, despite losing Struess and Vincent. But I'm not fretting over losing Tyler Hero as underrated as I think Hero is becoming almost at this point because he is very, very young. He's under 25, and he's putting up 20 points per game on decent shooting. It's not terrific, but he has room to improve. So I just think the fit with Portland would be weird with Hero, no, because of how many guards they already have on their roster. Yeah, no, it, it would definitely be weird. And still having Simons there... It just it Simon Sharp Scoot, yeah, uh, yeah I know yeah you mentioned Scoot before that's why I didn't mention Scoot but yeah yeah just it I don't know that it'll work I mean they're gonna probably end up either bringing Simons or Scoot off the bench Scoot first year maybe maybe I, I love Simons too I don't think Scoot comes off the bench I think Sharp I think Simons can be a amazing fantastic. sixth man No I think Simons can be a starter. No, I no. Obviously, I think he can be a starter. But I'm saying I think that a role that would be so perfect for him is just a pure scorer off the bench, just a complete leader of the second unit. I really think that Simons has all star level potential because he he's been scoring at a very good clip, 20 points per game over uh, the past season. But he's also shot over 40 percent from three the past few years, also and. He really almost does remind me of a baby Damian Lillard, which would make sense because he had Dame to mentor him all those years. But I really think Simons could be a 25-plus point-per-game scorer in his prime, and I think that they need to harness him and put him first. Him and Scoot should be uh, prioritized as their backcourt, and I think you develop Sharp off the bench at first because he's a pure scorer as well. He can play the six-man role and eventually maybe move him to small forward, or you do trade one of those guys. I don't know, but I don't think that adding Hero to that group makes their problems for the future any easier. All right, so last week Paul Pierce said that he does not feel like the Heat are contenders with Damian Lillard. 
that that I don't agree with that. I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, I guess because we haven't seen super teams like that, like that we're just like stars just combine on the same team. Like we haven't seen them really win championships like a good amount in the past few years. Nah, restart this whole thing, bro. I feel like I'm talking like a fucking sped. I don't even know what you're saying. My Combine and the championship. Biggest, biggest McPenis. All right, so last week, Paul Pierce said that he doesn't feel like the Miami Heat are oh, championship. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. So I was just in my camera. Yeah, you're good. Wait. No. Yeah. Go. All right, so last week, Paul Pierce said that he does not feel like the Miami Heat are championship contenders, even when they acquired Damian Lillard. I don't personally agree with that. I think that they're obviously a contender. I don't know that they will win the championship, but personally, I'm excited to see how the Heat deal with having like a two-superstar situation in their current culture today because the Heat are, like we've said this in past episodes, that they play as a team, and they are one of the only teams that plays fully as a team in the league right now. So I'm just excited to see how they're going to incorporate Lillard into it and what kind of role he's going to have and what kind of role Jimmy's going to have when they're both on the same team. No, yeah, and I think it's something that Miami hasn't had in a long time is like that go-to score that someone they're just going to give the ball to in the clutch and just get buckets from anywhere. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler isn't a go-to scorer like that. We've seen him do it multiple times, go for 40, 50 in big games. But – He's not as talented of a shot maker as Lillard. That's just a fact. Like, Lillard is a better shot maker than Butler. And Butler's also a fantastic playmaker and a very, very unselfish player. So having someone like Dame like that who's also willing to take control and has Butler's respect and would be given the green light by Butler and probably all of Miami to go do the kind of stuff that Lillard's done before in the clutch, I don't see how it wouldn't be a great match because their games are so obviously complementary are complimentary to me because you have one guy who's a great scorer but also a great facilitator super unselfish and then you have Damian Lillard who respects Butler greatly and is coming to Miami or would be coming to Miami strictly to try and win so I think it would be as professional of a relationship as you could have between two teammates and compared to any pairings of stars in the league I really think they'd fit together like glue which is very scary for the rest of the teams in the East. I think everyone in the East right now is hoping that Miami isn't able to get their hands on Lillard because we just saw them make the finals as an eighth seed without Lillard. And Tyler Hero wasn't even a part of that team, right? Like, he didn't play at all. So, you know, having Hero for four minutes, whatever he played in the finals when he came back for whatever it was the game, you're not losing anything by that their team already didn't have this playoffs because... You know, even though they lost Struess, obviously, and Vincent, trading Hero and some picks to get Damian Lillard, I don't think there's going to be a big glaring hole that Miami needs to fill if they get Dame. But I think if they don't get Dame, there is a big, big hole that they need to fill, and that's as a starting point guard because they literally don't have a real starting point guard unless they're sticking Kyle Lowry back at that spot, and he's shown to not be that productive as of late. Yeah. I mean, bro, the thing is, I mean, the Heat will figure it out because it's the Heat and that organization is just amazing. But like you like you were talking about how like their play styles complement each other and like in terms of superstars in the NBA, their two play styles probably complement each other some of the best out of any superstar duo that you could think of in the NBA. And another crazy thing is that Spo is coaching them. 
That's, no way, really? He coached that's the hard. Heat? I'm just saying, bro. That's like <laughs> that's no, gonna be yeah. scary. Like we're like they already compliment. I mean, well, we're in our heads. We're imagining yes, in, that they're, in imagination that they're play, land that that their play styles are gonna complement each other perfectly. But like at the same time, having Spo there and having Pat Riley, and it it'll just it's it's gonna work. Also. Bam and his illegal screens, Dame's going to be able to get open so much because of that. Because, you know, when Bam just, like, sticks his legs out and, like, Bam's going to be on his 2017 somebody, Draymond timing. He, he, I just, let's take a moment. I know I'm not the only one that noticed that in the playoffs and just in general. Bam out of bio doesn't set legal screens ever. Like, he just doesn't set legal screens. They're all illegal. He's moving every time. And it, it is kind of like well, how Draymond used to be with the Warriors. Draymond yeah, and Bogut. The, most most of them are pick and roll like handoffs. Most of them. So he, yeah, and he, 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 just, like, and, and he guts he, his he, leg out. Yeah, but he also or he doesn't stop moving when he hands the ball yeah. off. He'll, he'll hand the ball off and then like continue to move while he's setting a yes, screen. Yes, which is a textbook illegal screen. <laughs> Moving screen. Yes. With looking at what Portland's gonna potentially get back for a Damian Lillard trade, it's a lot of unknowns right now because of again. We don't know if they're really interested in Hero or not, or if they can get a third team involved, or what the third team would then send to Portland. So there's really no kind of set in stone centerpiece of a Damian Lillard trade in regards to what's going back to Portland. So we're going to have to just sit here and kind of wait it out the next few weeks. Only God knows how long it's going to be until we finally hear some legitimate news or progress in the trade. I honestly don't even expect to hear more real progress until something actually just happens and it'll kind of happen out of the blue like it always does, like we mentioned earlier. But there is another trade on the horizon that could be coming up. A similar situation, as we mentioned, is the James Harden situation with Philly. Obviously opted into his contract this year. He has a big trade kicker, so he'll be making even more money if he is traded to a team. He wants to go to the Clippers, but obviously... Daryl Morey wants a King's ransom for James Harden as he does for everything because he also wanted multiple first-round picks, Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen, in return for Tobias Harris. So I'm not really sure what's going on inside of his head. It's very, very interesting. I'd like to spend a day inside of Daryl Morey's brain. I think that'd be interesting um, because he's quite delusional on the outside, but... Maybe he's trolling because, like Joel Embiid said on Twitter, that he was they were calling each other trolls or whatever. I I don't even know. And then he went to Crumble Cookie or Daryl Morey went to Crumble Cookie after the whole Tobias Harris incident, and then tweeted out at Tobias Harris that he didn't think they were that bad or whatever. I don't know. He's an interesting human being for sure, but it's gonna be very hard for any team to trade with them, especially the Clippers, who really don't have that many assets other than. Norman Powell, which isn't exactly a super young player. He's good, but usually when you trade a superstar like that, you either want another star back in return or a young player. Yeah, I mean, I I heard, like, conflicting reports of, like, oh, uh, James Harden wants to be a Clipper, and then, like, people would be like, Paul George, you, sir, are a Philadelphia 76er. Like, bro, the the Clippers are not going to trade Harden for PG. They're not going to just... They're not just gonna move superstar for superstar like that. It's not gonna be like that because then they make they, then they end up making no progress. Yeah, it's just that's why we we don't listen to random morons yes, on Twitter. It, it, exactly. And no, I mean if you throw them three on a team together, I I like it. But I mean, there's very little championship experience there. But I, I mean, Kawhi has a few under his belt. I know that's why I said very little. But um. 
I, I don't. I like the fit of Russell Westbrook and Harden. It worked last time. I really would like to see them play together. But again, it's. I only like the fit if Paul George stays, and then they have that whole thing. But then the Clippers' strengths too. One of their strengths this year was how good of a bench they have, and that's also going to be somewhat depleted. Even though they brought Plumlee back, at least um, Norman Powell, if he ends up getting traded, it's going to be a lot getting rid of Norman Powell because he was one of the best six men in all of basketball this year. Marcus Morris has kind of teetered down a bit and doesn't seem like he necessarily wants to be there long-term either, so he could also be potentially part of a trade. So I assume also they'd want something back in return with Harden, at least like another role player as a bench piece, and they'd probably end up throwing away most of their draft picks for the next four to five years, I'd assume. Yeah, that's that. That's what the Hall would like probably be, and Daryl Morey is probably going to end up getting his what he what he wants he's probably going to end up getting what he wants and uh I mean, t- today Harden actually reported the training camp which surprised me in a way but also didn't surprise me because it was kind of the same situation with the Rockets a few years back when he reported the training camp and yeah he's gonna kick rocks sit there for up. a little bit pick his yeah. nose for a few hours and Look then lazy. call it a day fat suit I said fat suit time yeah, there was that crazy graphic I think Basketball Forever made on uh, Instagram and Twitter. with Harden Reaching into his locker to grab a fat, fat suit. suit. Yeah, they got some crazy stuff over there. That was but, funny. Yo, but we can't, just, uh, we can't just sit here and be like the same way that it is with the Dame trade. Like we, we're like very certain that Dame's going to end up being a you know, member of the Miami Heat. James you Harden are. I'm the, not sure. I, I'm, I would I'm pretty su- certain. I'm fairly certain. But... James Harden, on the other hand, he wants to be a Clipper, but I have heard of multiple different teams potentially trying to put a package together for him or having interest in him or him having not not really him having interest in other teams. But I I just have heard like rumblings of other teams trying to put together a package for him or thinking that they have the assets to put together a package for him. Yeah, it said earlier on, Winterhorst reported that multiple other teams were in the running or trying to potentially gauge their interest and trades with Harden and the Sixers. But I I don't know. I'd be very wary if I was a team trading for Harden right now, especially with him aging, his injury concern. It's not like he's always hurt, but he has had some ticky-tack injuries here that have added up a little bit over the past few years. Also, if he doesn't really want to play for you, then you have a whole nother issue, and it's are you really even getting someone that cares and wants to be there? Because let's say a team like, I, I don't even know, like a good team that would be an example. Let's say, I don't know, Minnesota. Let's say Minnesota traded for him or something. Is he going to want to be in Minnesota, and is he going to give his 110% effort? Like, I don't know. Even though Minnesota would probably be maybe good enough to win a playoff series if they had Harden, that's a whole nother story because I don't think he's going to go there. But it's kind of like, you know, are are you really willing to risk trading for a 33, 34-year-old who's not declining totally, but who's not as good as he once used to be and has shown commitment issues many a times? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Harden, Harden should definitely be valued more than, you know, like we're picturing him right now. But he's not only because he's moved so much over the past five years that it almost seems untrustworthy that he's going to be able to stay where he gets traded to like yeah it's just he gets unhappy very easily and also like it's kind of like he gives off like conflicting emotions like like you'll hear him one second be like oh i want to stay 
oh, things are going great, he's happy, blah, 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 and then the next thing you know, he wants out. It's like, it, it, I just, I don't really understand it. And it diminishes yeah. his value like crazy. Well, also, the thing is, you have to look at it, is any team that trades for Harden is probably going to have to sign him to an extension in order to get him to even, like, admit to going there, which is the and a whole nother deal, which is partly why Philly isn't really on the same page with him because he wants another 40 to $45 million a year for three, four, five more years. And at this point, you don't want to be paying a 38-year-old James Harden in the last year of his contract thirty-five or $45 million a year. It's going to be detrimental to you a couple of years down the line. And I think everyone knows that's coming. Harden probably knows that's coming, and that's why he wants such a fat security blanket to keep him covered for the inevitable decline that every player has in their late 30s. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain that that's why he hasn't been traded yet or why we haven't heard more rumors about, you know, like teams actually being in serious discussions for trading for him. And I feel like that's the main reason why is because of the contract extension thing. Like you're not like you said, you're not going to want to pay a 38 year old James Harden 40 million dollars in his final season to give you six points and six assists off the bench. You're just not going to want that. And it's going to and it's going to hurt whatever team that trades for him. Well, he's also not a great locker room guy exactly either. He yeah. hasn't been someone who's been praised for being a great leader ever. And the thing is also with Harden, is it's not like he's coming off some spectacular playoff run or season or something. He is legitimately coming off a playoff series or playoff run, rather, where he had some great games, but his bad games were about as bad as you could be. And he shot under 40% from the field total for the entire playoffs. So it was really mostly a rough playoffs for him other than a couple outlier games where he was fantastic and looked like Houston James Harden it's just that he's so hit or miss now I I can't I can't physically be okay if it was my team giving away multiple multiple first round picks to get a guy like him yeah I think I think it's one of the more confusing situations in basketball right now and part part of James Harden that like makes me question what team I can see him on is the fact that he's like he's so versatile offensively like back in his rock back in his Houston days he was averaging 35 right 35 36 something like that yeah. 36 yeah that's ridiculous and now he's kind of like constantly averaging over 10 assists per game cuz he has another superstar with him and so it I don't know if like what teams would go after him even with the contract extension, you know, business going on in the background. Yeah. Because every team knows that in the future, that will screw them over completely. But even if it is just for this year, I don't want to be giving away all those assets to get them. So you have to kind of sign into that extension. And again, the, the fit's not the question mark I really have. I still think he can be a very good player pretty much wherever he goes. Because he's so vert, he can fit in any offense. He can pass more if you need him to. He can score more if you need him to. He shot pretty efficiently from three this year. Thirty-eight and a half percent is no nothing to laugh at. That's pretty good, especially compared to what he's been at in years past. So you know you have Harden. If you go to the L, if he goes to LA, I think that they are probably a title favorite if they can stay healthy. Again, that's been the big question mark year in and year out. But adding Harden to that team kind of gives them a security blanket if if Paul George or Kawhi goes down because you have another star there who can help carry the load. So I do like that. It's just, again, it's going all in. If the Clippers do trade for James Harden, they are going to have no future for five, six years minimum after all those guys are done. 
So it's a big risk, but I do think that they would be my title favorites other than maybe the Nuggets or the Heat if they get Lillard. There's just so many what-ifs right now. It's so hard to kind of gauge your head around everything. And and if you think about it, like most of the – or all the players that we've really – like that we really focus on when it comes to the Clippers all seem to – I mean, like they've all moved at some point in their careers. Yeah. But they – seem like they get I don't know I don't know if the right word is disgruntled easily or if it's like I like in what, I, in what sense like how Harden went from you know Harden's been on four different teams three different teams four different teams Westbrook's been on I mean it's not really Westbrook's well, Westbrook fault Westbrook got passed around it, like yeah it's board. not Westbrook it's not I was about to say it was not Westbrook's fault but then like PG that was kind of out of nowhere and like I feel like eventually the Clippers might decide to move on from him, and Kawhi can't really stay healthy. And well, it's just like well, that's the thing. It's a lot of different factors that are playing into the Clippers right now. So I yeah. feel like I and I feel like that's another reason why they might be hesitant to trade for James is because well, yeah. of the injury history, and they honestly potentially might look to blow it up if it's another year no, of that. Yeah. Because if you, if you look at the team right now, they're still good enough, I think, this year. If they stayed healthy, they could make a title run. It's not impo- like They could definitely do that. But if they add Harden, their chances this year probably go up. But then if you don't win it this year, you can't blow it up completely in the offseason because you're committing to Harden. And then all your assets are gone, even if you don't commit to Harden. So if you don't trade for Harden, you still have some of your assets. And if you don't have success this year, you can reset and still have somewhat of a foundation. If you trade for Harden and you fail, you are going to be left with crumbs of what was a successful franchise for a few years. So that's where the conflict lies. Incredibly, it's a huge gamble. That's where the that's where the whole conflict lies for them, bro. It's like there's no guarantee that any of those guys stay healthy. The all all three all three of the superstars that would potentially be on the Clippers, no guarantee that any of them stay healthy for the whole season, or even like for the playoffs. And I just don't think that you can risk your whole future for just one season if it could end up just being a complete shit show disaster based on evidence from the past two seasons. Yeah, I mean, the definition of insanity is repeating something multiple times and expecting different results. Maybe that's what the Clippers are doing if they run it back with this same team, expecting them to not get hurt. But I also think if they add Harden and just expect that to fix all their problems, it's also kind of the same situation. So I really don't know what the right answer is for L.A. I think if I was them, I'd probably just run it back with this team. If they get hurt again, oh, well, it's kind of what you expected. Just blow it up, trade Kawhi in the offseason, let Paul George walk or whatever you need to do, sign and trade him, and then you go from there because at least you'll have some reminisce, uh, some You'll pick up something at least from getting rid of, getting rid of your stars for something rather than nothing. You'd rather sign and trade Paul George and trade Kawhi than have – Paul George and Kawhi request trades or something after not winning. I don't know. There's just so much that could go wrong for trading for Harden, and I think it could backfire as hard as it did with the Nets. It can. I mean, he, he's not he's not going to be a Sixer next year. I don't. I would. I, be I honestly. If he was. I, I honestly. If I think that the Clippers will honestly probably end up making the move to try to trade for him, and they're going to end up giving up a lot. But in the case that they I, don't, I don't really know where James is going to end up going. My like you, says like the you same said, thing. 
like you said, he could be really good wherever he goes and he would help whatever team he goes to. But I just don't know what team has enough to sacrifice in terms of like, because any team that would trade for James right now is a team that's either a point guard away or a team that's, you know, winning now. And I don't know any teams that are a point guard away or winning now that have enough either assets or like draft capital in the future to be able to trade that shit for James and risk their entire other entire future. Because if you trade those draft picks for James, you want to have future draft picks too to make sure that, you know, to make sure that you still have somewhat of a future. No, yeah, because if you look at the Nets, it's, it's very similar to the situation when they had Kyrie and KD. They wanted to add that third star, and they are like, okay, we'll just trade more capital. How can we lose if we have these three guys? So if the Clippers do that, it's just the same thing. Like, it's the Nets all over again, and if it fails, you're literally just, like, Screwed. you're fucked. I mean, there's just, N- N- Nets there's found no way their way out of the it. hole, but... The Nets did somewhat. It's still, I wouldn't say they're in a great position. Their two best yeah. players are like 27 years old, and people don't realize like Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson are not young players. They're in their prime. So the Nets still like I don't think they have a great future. I wouldn't. Well, Cam was, was drafted at like, what 24 years old. Who Cam? Yeah, he was like 24 when he got drafted. Yeah, Cam was like 24 when he was drafted. That's why Kobe White was like his eyes almost popped out of his head yeah. when he found out he was drafted <laughs> that high. He's a good Cam. player. He's a very good player. Cam is great, but he just got, I think, overpaid. But, um, you know, he's good. You just If I'm the Clippers, my goal is not to be the Brooklyn Nets in two years. No, definite, definitely not. Like, I, I 100% agree with you. What they should do is they should keep the same, rock out with the same team this year. If they stay healthy, so be it. Then they're a contender. If they don't stay healthy, yep. blow it up, go for a sign and trade or something with PG. And see where it takes you because you, I don't. Got it. It's just it's just not worth risking your entire future just for just for a potential chance at all of your players staying healthy because that's basically what it is now. Like that's how you yeah, have you to look gotta, at the Clippers, and it's kind of sad. You got to rock out with your cock out. Anyways, that's pretty much gonna wrap it up. Ugh. Anyways, that's pretty much gonna do it here for this episode. We're just trying to. T- what am I saying? That's going to do it pretty much here for this episode. We just wanted to talk about some of what might be happening here in the upcoming weeks of the NBA offseason as there's not really much else to be doing right now. Nothing big or exciting happening. Summer League's over. Kind of a while till we get to see some real basketball the preseason in a few months. But I hope you guys did enjoy and stay tuned for the next episode and videos to come on the channel. Make sure to follow all of our socials in the description. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm Nate. This is Danny. Say bye, Danny. Peace. Peace out, guys.